Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex Beatsman, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Wednesday, November 9th. Ian Cameron and a returning Alex B. Smith uh, with us today. Yes, he has crawled out of his tomb. Not applicable. I see that <laughs> comment uh, in the chat. Uh, he's, he's a little under the weather, but he's back today and ready to go for another edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, thanks, by the way, to Josh Eunice yesterday. A great show with him. Uh, almost over an hour and a half uh, with him talking uh, the Tuesday card, his uh, playing pass. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, and he's interested in joining us again later this season. So uh, good stuff there. And, and a, a decent Tuesday night overall from a betting standpoint for me. The best bet was a winner with Vancouver and Ottawa going over the total. Uh, that was good to see. Uh, other than that, though, it was kind of an up and down night for me, honestly. I mean, it was a win some, lose some kind of night. We uh, didn't get there with uh, Minnesota. Uh, in the late game as the LA Kings pulled it out one nothing, Kaprizov getting a match penalty there uh, in that game. We saw the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Both Josh and I liked the Jets from a spot perspective last night against Dallas, seeing Dallas at the end of a road trip. Uh, Jets uh, looking to avenge a loss to Dallas earlier this year, a little bit of an advantage in net with uh, Wedgwood against Hellebuck, and the Winnipeg Jets were able to get the job done 4-1 to one, uh, last night. Uh, over the uh, Dallas Stars, a good effort from them. A couple of overs, I bet, fell short. The Arizona-Buffalo game. Uh, Karel Vimelka, I'm telling you, you get him on a good night, uh, he can play well. It reminds me of the way he played against Florida earlier this season at the Mullet Arena. It reminded me of the way he played against Toronto, you know, when they pulled the upset against the Leafs. He, he, he has nights when he looks like a very, very capable NHL goaltender. Uh, and last night was one of those nights for him with Arizona as they downed the Sabres uh, four to one. You got to nip this in the bud right now if you're Buffalo. That's now three losses in a row for them. Carolina, Tampa over the weekend on the road, and then you return home against Arizona and you lose last night. So see if the Sabres can r- uh, rally the troops. Uh, Seattle pummels Nashville five one. Well, you just death taxes and bet Seattle and bet the team total over with Seattle. I mean, that's the way it's basically been for a while. The offense comes to life. And I said, and Josh did as well. Well, actually it was more me, but I said, when we talked Nashville, Seattle yesterday, that Ryan McDonough is not the same defenseman. And I was nice about it. I didn't want to, you know, rip on the guy too much because he's had a great career. Really the New York Rangers. He was had a great run there. We know what he did in Tampa Bay. Uh, in those Stanley Cup years with the Lightning. Great defenseman for many years. Good at both ends of the ice. Offensively can chip in, but very sturdy and sound in his own end. He's any fucking thing but sturdy and sound in his own end this season. And he's a part of the reason why the Nashville Predators have looked like a shit show at times uh, in their own end. And the giveaway that he had, and now the whole first period was brutal defensively for Nashville. It was giveaway city. But the one that he made, I mean, it was just a backhand puck up the middle of the ice in your own zone right onto the stick of Jordan Eberle, and he whips it past UC Soros. I mean, a pizza right on the stick of Jordan Eberle. It was about as bad a play as a, especially a veteran experienced Stanley Cup champion winning defenseman can make uh, in that situation. And he, he's been shit. Seriously. I mean, it, it is. And uh, I'm not going to be as uh, cautious with my words regarding Ryan McDonough's play today. 
it's not been good enough. And and really, the entire blue line for Nashville has been a just an absolute sorry group for the last several games in a row. And it buried them just collectively how bad they were uh, in that first period. And Seattle basically was just able to put it on cruise control from that point on and win that game. So Seattle gets the big win. Vegas beats Toronto in a good game, 4-3. Montreal wins in a shootout, 3-2. And credit to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, gut check win for them, 3-2 against Tampa. Things not going well. About the best sequence I've seen all year from a struggling Jack Campbell in the final minute. He was absolutely terrific to preserve that one goal lead. So big win for the Oilers. And uh, thoughts to Vander Kane. That was a scary incident last night with Patrick Maroon skate slicing him in the wrist. Uh, and he had to be taken right to the hospital. He saw all the copious amounts of blood uh, that were was on the ice following that. So he went to the hospital. He posted a message on Twitter saying thanks for the well wishes. And he's hoping to be back on the ice uh, sometime very soon. Alex, uh, thoughts from you on a Tuesday night yeah, just start with that. That, like I said, that was incredibly scary. It's interesting. In watching hockey with friends who don't really watch hockey all the time, they always wonder, you know, how often do you have incidents with skates? And it's extremely rare. It's shocking. You know, the ones that stand out, Clint Malarchuk and Richard Zegman, of course, being the worst. But that one last night could have been very bad, if not fatal. Uh, but but Evander Kane realized it right away. You could see him screaming to the bench, I'm cut, I'm cut, as he's skating off. And uh, great response by the you know trainers for his team and the, the Lightning, and, of course, the paramedics as well, uh, doing a good job. They said he had to have surgery, so I don't know what that all entails. I don't know if there was any tendon damage or things like that. So we'll see, like I said, how long he's out. But uh, that was an interesting back-and-forth game. And, you know, Toronto, or Tampa Bay, rather, this is a team that's still trying to kind of get its legs under them. Uh, you know, I think we're going to see them play better hockey over time, but they're just still kind of just in that that limbo. And like I said, I feel it's mostly the fatigue from what they've done over the last few years kind of setting in. So some of those spots are a bit tricky. You can't look for them at, at all as a favorite right now. The only way I bet them is if, if they're in a pick and range or an underdog right now. Uh, looking at the Dallas and Winnipeg game, which, you know, I always kind of look to take a small shot with a draw whenever those two teams play. But Winnipeg, uh, you know, coming out in big fashion, getting the five goal uh, five goals in the win, and now they're in first place in the Central. I was talking to somebody last night on Twitter about just how flip-flopped is this Central division right now. We're thinking, oh, this is just a, a two-horse race, basically, with, with Minnesota and Colorado. Those teams have looked terrible. St. Louis and Nashville looked awful, which I, I kind of predicted. I didn't think it would be this bad this early for those two teams, but uh, I'm not surprised to see them closer toward the bottom of the top. Chicago, of course, is the little run that they had, but you know, for Dallas and Winnipeg, they seem to right now be the class of, of that division. And uh, those are teams that are riding hot goalies, of course, Connor Hellebuck and Jake Ottinger, when they play their A game, they're two of the best in the world, uh, arguably. So that was a big win for the Jets. At Wild and, and Kings game, I was happy to see it. I had Kings. Uh, so get the one nothing win. I mean, it's just really ugly and unfortunate what happened with uh, the match penalty given to Kaprizov. You know, he's frustrated. He's getting cross-checked six, seven times in the back uh, of, the, of the head and then the neck, and there's no penalty call. And then he turns around, and you can see he tries to let up. I mean, he didn't, you know, just full-on 1970-style baseball bat him with a stick. He, he he got frustrated and went up high, but he kind of caught himself and, and just basically got his shoulder and neck. You know, it, it, it looked bad at the time. I think it warranted a major penalty, but definitely not a match penalty, definitely not a suspension. 
and, and I know they say that that more than likely he's just going to be given a fine because he doesn't have any previous. Yeah, they ruled game. earlier today just a fine. He's good to okay. go tonight. Yeah. Okay, so he's good to go tonight. Yeah, and, and that that's good to see. You know, and let, that's one of those things. Of course, they take into consideration the fact that if you've had any prior incidents, which he has not. Uh, you know, so I, it's good to see player safety actually getting a ruling right for once. Uh, you don't see that happen too often. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, the Vegas game, I was happy with that result as well. I had Vegas to get pull out the win at OT. They've just been rolling hot right now. But no team hotter than the New Jersey Devils. I mean, they just still find their ways to win, even with the injuries, even with Blackwood going to be out, Palat going to be out. Uh, this team is just playing, you know, a full group effort hockey. And uh, we're seeing them, you know, roll right on. So it's interesting to see some of these streaks. Seattle as well, uh, you know, teams that are getting streaky right now, and we can try to find some value in them. And I'll tell you what, this is now – I've watched a lot of New Jersey hockey lately because I've had bets on them. I've, they've caught my attention with the run they've put together here the last week or two. Every game now I watch them, they look faster than the opponent. It's really amazing. I yep. mean, they they look faster than every team they play right now and if you turn the puck over at the blue at your at the opponent's blue line against this devil's team it's right down the other way at the end of the ice and that transition scoring chance is coming and you're not often ready for it and that has been what we've seen uh for the uh, new jersey devils they uh, the transition game is lethal all four lines are capable of contributing they've got guys like miles wood and nate bastion buried on the fourth line and they've been scoring (laughs) goals during this run for the uh, New Jersey Devils. It's a- absolutely remarkable how fast they are. And, and then, of course, they're very top-heavy with uh, Heeshear and Hughes. And look what Fabian Zetterland is starting to do now, uh, that he's been up on that top line for the uh, New Jersey Devils. Dangerous team and shocking to everybody, and I've said this multiple times, they're actually a top 10, fringe top 5 team defensively in terms of shots allowed, scoring chances allowed, high danger chances, expected goals against all of those metrics, all those statistics, New Jersey is a top 10 fringe top five team. I mean, the, and all they need is some saves from either Vanacek now or, God forbid, Blackwood when he comes back. And, man, maybe this is – maybe they have staying power to be this good. Yeah, it's possible. And that's the thing, you know, the devil's calling card for years was always defense, right? They were always the trap team in the 90s. And even in the 2000s when they had success, it was still the, a defensive first unit but now he said seeing them play transition hockey playing with some speed out skating teams that's something we haven't been able to say about new jersey really ever uh so it's fascinating to see that and like i said sometimes when when franchises get out of their comfort zone style wise you know and and it's something you can say in any sport you know franchises fall into that not just teams not just coaches whole franchises can fall into to that kind of either be it trap or just stigma of playing a certain style of hockey. When they get out of that zone, they can catch teams off guard. And then, like I said, you, you have these kind of moments. Same thing with Seattle. We talked about how Seattle was trying to build defensively uh, from the expansion draft. It didn't really work out that way. Now they've been utilizing their offense, more speed. Uh, the younger guys that they've drafted inside, they're, they're faster, more skilled forward. So, you know, I just that's a, that's a uh, I think it's a really important note footnote that other GMs need to be making is that sometimes you gotta you know when, you know look at like, like a Toronto for example we talk about how the offensive load they are maybe they start focusing more on defense start building uh, things differently and not just looking at personnel but just as a whole system sometimes you have to just flip the script and that's what New Jersey's done so far. I mean, it's funny. I was doing a segment with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid last night, and one of the things he brought up, because he bets a lot of shots on goal props, is that Washington, who are on the card, of course, tonight, 
only Ovechkin has 30 plus shots for that team. Everybody else has below 30 shots. And he's like got 50 some shots on goal. And everybody else is less than 30 shots on goal. And then you look at this New Jersey team and the shots on goal numbers. They have seven guys that have at least 30 shots on goal uh, this season. Mm -hmm. So look, that's probably a big reason why the, the depth of New Jersey is a pretty good team right now. And Washington's struggling uh, yeah. right now. That's definitely. And look, and another, I brought up Miles Wood playing on the damn fourth line, second on the team in goals. And they got him on the fourth line. Tells you yeah. all you need to know. That's important. We talk about it all the time. The great teams that win consistently win championships in this league, along with good defense, they have balanced offense. Yep. You know, no team's going to get it done with just three or four players on the on the top six, you know, spread across the top six. You have to have scoring depth at, at all four levels nowadays, and that's what New Jersey has. Yep, exactly. And when you have four lines that each line's a threat, I mean Lindy Ruff can put out each line now and it's a threat to find the back of the net. That's a great luxury to have as a head coach. So, uh, and we're talking about the same head coach where fans were chanting for him to be fired in the first two home games of the yep. year, <laughs> especially that ugly loss to Detroit, the first home game they lost in Philly. And then they came back home, they played Detroit and that was a rough game. No pun intended. Uh, and uh, basically they were chanting fire Lindy uh, that night uh, against Detroit. Uh, so, uh, that was it. And, and then look at the difference now. Uh, incredible stuff from the Devils. All right. Hopefully there's incredible stuff on the uh, horizon with our betting opinions tonight on this uh, Wednesday card. We've got Carolina and Florida next uh, to get things going. Uh, even money here. Minus 110 both sides. Six and a half the total uh, in this game. I, I like the Canes here. I do. Uh, minus 110. It's an even money price. You've got Florida off a long road trip. Uh, that's always a spot that's a little dubious. Uh, going into a game like this. And when you look at the Florida Panthers, some key absences, of course, none greater than Matthew Kachuk, uh, who is obviously going to miss this game because of the uh, suspension uh, for that. Just a just a dumb, dumb decision, really, for him to do what he did with Jonathan Quick there uh, yeah. in that uh, game against the uh, LA Kings. I mean, he just basically poked the stick right through one of the holes in the goalie mask. And if you listen to Jim Fox, the uh, – Television analyst for the LA Kings, not happy. It's like you can poke someone's eye out. You can <laughs> with that, uh, just but and it was dangerous. I mean, yeah. it, it, no question about that. And sometimes we you know Matthew Kachuk. He's just he wants to be such an irritant. He wants to pester the opponent so much that he just takes it over the line sometimes. And that's exactly what happened there uh, in that instance against uh, Jonathan Quick of the LA Kings. So, you know, they'll miss him dearly. Of course, he's one of the, uh, you know, best players on the uh, team up front on the forward group. And as a result, Paul Maurice has got the blender out uh, with his lines tonight for Florida, uh, juggling things up. He's got Barkov centering Carter Verhage and an elevated Colin White uh, onto the top line. And that's significant when it comes to those goal score prop situations that I love. Colin White might be worth a look, and you can get him in this game at a plus 425, and he's going to be playing on the uh, top line tonight for the uh, Panthers. Lundell centering Reinhardt and Ryan Lomberg. Talk about a pest. There you go, Ryan Lomberg uh, up to the second line tonight for the uh, Florida Panthers. So it's another guy that might be worth just a small sprinkle from a prop standpoint to score tonight due to that. Uh, elevated status up the lineup. As far as Carolina goes, uh, they've been very good on the road this year, Alex. No question. Uh, the road record's good. Five and uh, five, one and one uh, on the road this year. Uh, they're coming off a three-one loss to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday. Uh, they actually, I think, carried the play a little bit to Toronto. But credit to Eric Schalgren that day uh, and the uh, Leaf defense. They played pretty solid in front of uh, their goaltender and held Carolina to one goal. That snapped a 
four-game win streak that Carolina had uh, prior to that game against uh, Toronto. So we'll see if they can uh, bounce back here. Generally, I like looking at Carolina off a loss. When you're a really good team consistently like they are, uh, usually you do a pretty good job bouncing back. This has been a series that Florida's gotten the better uh, of Carolina uh, the last four, but there's no question about that. I think when you look at the fact Florida missing uh, Kachuk, Florida still missing, you know, also Aaron Ekblad, Patrick Hornquist also still out for them, uh, returning off a, a road trip uh, out in, on the West Coast uh, and now facing a Carolina team that's got, you know, two full days off without much travel. You know, going from Carolina to Florida is not much. I think it definitely is a situational uh, advantage here for Carolina going into this game. So I'm going to go with the minus 110 uh, even money price here with the Hurricanes. Uh, lean over the total as well. I actually like the over in every game tonight in some fashion. This one, I'm a little bit more lukewarm on the over, but I'd still lean that way. Three of the last four meetings have gone uh, over the total between these uh, two teams. Uh, and you see what uh, Florida has done lately. They've started to pump things up offensively a little bit for their last five games have gone over the total. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Carolina, Florida. Yeah, I would lean with the over here as well, but I would look for this live. I'd like to, for it to drop five and a half. And I probably would also look at a correct score and regulation of 3-3. That being said, I also like the draw here at plus 345. Yep. We've seen three of the last four meetings between these two teams uh, go to overtime. I, I feel like these are two teams that they said the same thing like Carolina, Tampa Bay. There's a bit of a rivalry there where these two teams, you know, they kind of play each other tough, very physical, going back and forth. And even going back to that with the two seasons ago where they were, uh, back in the same division for a while, that central division realignment. That's where we kind of saw the, the kind of nastiest ingredients. A lot of those games went to OT as well. So I feel like it'll be a, a close game. If you like Carolina or Florida, I'd say uh, definitely look for a regular money line side. But I'm playing the draw, and I'm going to go for a live over five and a half. Like I said, maybe sprinkle a little, a little bit on that correct score regulation at 3-3. Three, three. All right, there we go. The draw. I kind of figured this could be a draw candidate for the draw king, Alex P. Smith. And yes, indeed, three of the last four meetings have gone beyond regulation with uh, Carolina and Florida. There are a couple more props on the Carolina side tonight. I mentioned a couple with Florida, but Carolina, Marty Natchez plus 270 to score. I like Jarvis is always worth a look, as I've always said, but I actually have a rare shots on goal prop in this game tonight. Marty Natchez over two and a half shots on goal. It's only minus 130. He's cleared. Uh, two shots on goal, which means he's had three or more shots on goal in five straight games uh, entering tonight. So to have only over two and a half at around a minus 130, I was able to find on Marty Natchez over two and a half shots on goal. I thought that was very good value. Uh, again, three or more shots for him in five consecutive games for the Carolina Hurricanes. And Stefan Nason, I'm going back to that well with him. He scored against Toronto. And he's very he's he's only playing on the fourth line for this Hurricanes team, five on five. But Rod Brindamore is using him on the top power play unit as a net front presence, as a guy to screen the goaltender, get traffic, find loose pucks uh, in front of the net on the power play. And again tonight, it looks like Stefan Nason is going to play the number one power play for Carolina tonight. And there are a couple of ways I'm going about this with Steph Nason, plus three eighty. Uh, to score a goal, which is, again, very good price. But I'm also going to take Stefan Nason power play point, plus 300 nice. for him tonight uh, in this game. I think that is definitely worth a look because when you actually look uh, at the uh, goals that he's amassed so far, he's only had two, but he's earned four of his six points that he scored for Carolina this year. He's had He has six points 
four of them on the power play. So there you go. I mean, he's definitely been um, a, a noticeable factor for the Hurricanes with the man advantage. So uh, there's a couple of ways. I'm doing a split between him just scoring uh, at plus 380 and the power play point prop for Stefan Nason at plus 300. I thought that was really good, especially, again, four of his six points have come on the power play with the man advantage. Yeah, that, that's great value. Like I said, we talked about that, you know, I recommend it power play points for some of those top line players that might be not offering enough value for a goal or a point. Uh, but like I said, if you can find a, a guy who's getting even, you know, a bigger plus price uh, in, in that range, in that spot, definitely have to roll. Them. And back to Natchez, what you mentioned uh, with the shots on goal, like I said, cer- certain books you can get bet four or more, five or more at adjusted value. I'm looking at plus 180 plus 179 for four or more shots for Natchez tonight on goal. So that'd be a good way to maybe attack that too as the books kind of try to adjust to his shots on goal. Yeah, no question. And but by the way, he has two goals, Nason, both of them power play goals. So another thing that you look at here that, yeah, power play is where he's done his damage. So that power play point I thought was really uh, worth a look there. All right, Pittsburgh and Washington. Pittsburgh minus 130 uh, road favorites, uh, six, six, six and a half the total. Uh, I bet it where it was six, the uh, total in this game. So that's why I listed six, but it's a split line. Some books have six with juice. Some have six and a half. So make sure uh, you shop around. Uh, over six minus 120 at DraftKings uh, is uh, available. So I, I do like over six here in this game. I mean, Washington is not a team that offensively has gotten a lot consistently besides Alex Ovechkin. But you got to like that we finally started to see some of the secondary uh, players step up against the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in that victory for the Washington Capitals the other night. Hopefully that's a sign of good things to come. They're playing a Pittsburgh team that obviously doesn't have a whole lot of confidence protecting leads right now. That's another thing you have to factor in when you're betting totals. Teams that just cannot hold a lead. You're scared to death betting an under with any team that's having the problems Pittsburgh is defending leads right now because you know that's bad news for unders you know you got a team that can't protect any sort of lead uh, and Pittsburgh has certainly had those issues the Boston game they blew it they lost 6-5 they were up against Buffalo blow that game lose 6-3 uh, the Seattle uh, game uh, once again Penguins score the first goal of that game and they end up losing by a score of 3-2 to two, uh, against the Kraken on Saturday and I took a big shot with Seattle there at a big plus price uh, not trusting this Pittsburgh team. So it's been a brutal run. Uh, one uh, Seven straight losses for them. Of course, the man behind the uh, the network here or the, uh, uh, the, the company, the website that uh, we're in partnership with, National Hockey Now, Dan Kingersky, does a great job covering the Penguins. He's got a, had a lot of great uh, video interviews, articles, stuff on this team. And he's written about, and he, I think he's probably right, they are a fragile group right now. They certainly look like it at the moment. So uh, we're going to have to wait and see uh, if the Penguins are going to be able to ter- uh, turn this thing around. But, you know, when you have game after game where you are finding ways to get the jo- failing to get the job done, it becomes just ro- rooted in-, in your brain that you're expecting the worst to happen. And I think that's where we're at with Pittsburgh right now. And I mentioned this yesterday on the show um, that these teams that are scuffling right now, that we think at some point are going to turn it around because you're not going to lose every game the rest of the way. But Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Calgary, there's a bunch of teams that fall into this uh, Rangers now. I mean, you've got to throw them into the mix a little bit. You want to pick a spot to say, you know what? Urgency is going to set in. 
desperation is going to set in. You know, I'm seeing effort on a nightly basis, even though the results are not there. Maybe I'm going to pick this as the night these this team snaps out of their losing streak, gets back in the win column. Well, if you've been doing that, and if you've been betting that way, you've been getting your head caved in, uh, essentially. You know, if you've been trying to handpick, oh, this is the night for St. Louis to get out of their funk, well, you just keep losing game after game after game. If you've been picking, oh, this is the night for Pittsburgh to get their ass in gear and finally get back in the win column, you've been just losing your ass, essentially. You know, and so I'm done with that kind of thinking. You know, when you're admired in this kind of brutal skid, like a Pittsburgh, like a St. Louis, like Calgary is now. And I stayed away from Calgary. Thank fucking goodness. Finally, I said, you know what? We got to let Calgary ride this bad wave out. And then when I see evidence of a win and a turnaround and getting uh, back in the win column, then maybe I come back to bet this team. But until then, that's not happening. And that's the way I feel with Pittsburgh right now. I'm not laying a price with this team right now. They need to show me that they can put a win on the board. They need to show me that they can protect a lead and play a good third period of hockey. That's where we're at right now with Pittsburgh. No way am I laying a road price with them. Now, do I want to take Washington? Uh, I would lean Washington if I had to, plus 110 in this game, but they're still, I know they beat Edmonton, but you know they're still beat up to shit with injuries right now, uh, this Capitals team. Uh, I, I don't fully trust them either at this point. Wilson, Oshie, Haglin, John Carlson on the blue line, Dmitry Orlov out, cluster injuries on the blue line. That's why I'm gravitating to the over here rather than a side. I think Washington's starting to get some offense going. Pittsburgh, I think look, we can trust them a little bit more offensively than to keep the puck out of their own net right now. So I like over in this game, and I'm just going to stay away uh, from it from a, a side perspective. Casey DeSmith, by the way, the net uh, goaltender tonight for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, and of course it'll be uh, Darcy Kemper uh, in net for the uh, Washington Capitals. And uh, by the way, Casey DeSmith, 0-3, 3.25 goals against average, 904 save percentage this season. So we need a win, and uh, Casey DeSmith winless uh, on the season. So putting a lot of pressure on this guy's shoulders here try to help Penguins turn this thing around tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Pittsburgh-Washington? Yeah, this is one of those games. I like the first period over, but I'm betting it live. If you want to grab a two at plus 125, I might advise that, but I'm seeing mostly one and a half in the 150, 160 range. You can get a better price uh, if you wait a few minutes after uh, first puck drop for that. Uh, he said this is going to be one of those back-and-forth battles. These two teams, no matter how bad they're playing, they always get geared up for each other. Everybody, you know, talks about the whole Ovechkin Crosby robbery, but it's it's it, these two teams just don't really like each other. We've seen the playoff battles throughout the years, and even though the catalysts like Tom Wilson aren't, aren't in the lineup and, and Chris Letang bit banged up, but but these two teams still just kind of have a history of back and forth. And I think this might be a kind of cure where it ails them spot for both clubs, really, because they're both struggling. Washington is just a bad team in my eyes. Pittsburgh, I'm not really exactly stunned i'm stunned more by how they're playing now off of the way they started if you told me they were going to have a seven game losing streak at some point this year i would have said okay i totally would have agreed with you because i think pittsburgh is having that downturn from a franchise standpoint where they're going to struggle they're not going to be that dominant team year in year out and like i said the injuries they keep dealing with they mount at some point they're going to start bringing down this this older core but the way that they started off hot offensively, and then just everything just has fallen apart. Now losing seven in a row, he said this feels like it definitely could be a game where they, you know, you want to gear up and and get things rolling, especially against a rival. But no way you can lay one thirty here. So this is just a, a strictly live betting game. 
definitely one I'll be watching, but I'm not taking anything pregame. Like I said, with that first period over, if you can find the twos, I see a couple of plus 125s out, I would recommend that. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, problematic for the uh, Penguins uh, on the uh, defensive end. And let's keep in mind when it comes to the uh, Penguins uh, in their own zone, there's a lot of new faces there. I mean, Jeff, I hate to bash on poor Jeff Petrie, but I mean, it was a bad year last year. He's not exactly helped things so far this season. Uh, Jan, Jan Ruta is probably the guy that's, uh, you know, very, the one guy that's kind of stable in his own end. Uh, Dumoulin is kind of, he's kind of been disappointing as well at times. I've seen turnovers out of him and even the same thing with Latang. Latang's had the uh, seven points so far this year, but talking about 35 year old defenseman now that's still playing, you know, on, on average about 25 uh, minutes a night, uh, most nights for Pittsburgh. I mean, that adds up, you know, over the uh, course of uh, uh, a season. So a lot of question marks right now with the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins in terms of the uh, defensive ability for this team. Uh, again, we'll see if they can uh, bounce back tonight. I mean, this is not this is definitely a door open for them. It's not like Washington is a world beater right now, and this is still a very injury-ravaged Capitals team. I mean, there is a door open for Pittsburgh tonight, but hell. I need to see them walk through the damn door before I bet on them. That's the way I feel. The way I feel about them, it's the way I feel about St. Louis. It's the way I feel about the Rangers now. I, I, like The Rangers can't can't touch them right now until I see a turnaround there. Calgary, same thing You know, at this point in time. Show me a win. Show me uh, a sign that you can dig yourself out of this little rut and this little funk that you're in. You know, That's where we're at with a lot of these teams at the moment. Um, oh, by the way, a couple of other things in terms of props here that I wanted to mention. Um, Paling, Raquel, and Heinen, they're all plus 300, plus 400, plus 500, respectively, uh, tonight. Paling entering the lineup certainly maybe provides them a little bit of a spark. Raquel and Heinen have been getting their chances. They're plus 300, plus 400. I like Connor Sheary for Washington, uh, plus 375, former Penguin, of course. Uh, maybe to find the back of the net. Andy's playing on the top line as well. Sheary at plus 375. And also, I'm going to go back to the well with, uh, and Chris Otto mentioned it to me in a DM the other night. Very disappointing to see Sonny Milano have his goal disallowed, but obviously it was the right call. It never went in. It was off the post. But that close to seeing Sonny Milano get on the board the other night for Washington against Edmonton, uh, even though he didn't, it was still a, a bet worth making. And I think it's a bet worth making again tonight with Milano at plus 390 uh, to score. He's playing on the second line once again for the uh, Capitals tonight. All right, Vancouver, Montreal. We've got Vancouver minus 160 road favorites, six and a half the total in this one. I mean, the uh, Canucks get a, a much needed victory last night against the uh, Ottawa Senators. And Ottawa's another team you can throw into that mix now. The do not bet on list until they show you a win because they're scuffling now. Uh, and going in the opposite direction. But Vancouver, uh, able to get the victory. Uh, they need to put a win streak together. Uh, certainly this road trip is going to get a lot tougher after this game because you've got the Leafs, who've been playing a little bit better. I mean, a Leaf team that's got five of six points uh, in their last three games against good competition, Boston, Carolina, and Vegas. So the Leaf game ain't going to be easy for Vancouver uh, next on this road trip. And then you got Boston and Buffalo. Uh, after that so this becomes important here for the Canucks get two points here against Montreal there's no slight on Montreal Montreal is capable of rising up and upsetting anybody on a given night but still when you factor in Montreal Toronto Boston Buffalo who's the weakest team of the bunch right now yes Montreal so this is an important game if Vancouver wants to dig themselves out of this early season hole even with this being a back-to-back -back on the road you know you need to try to find a way to win this game here if you're Vancouver but I'm not laying a buck sixty to do it. 
uh, not on the road here. Montreal did get a victory against Detroit last night in a shootout by a score of uh, three to two. It was a very good night in that for uh, Jake Allen. He played very well uh, in that game for the uh, Canadians and uh, took advantage of a Detroit team kind of in a little flat spot and plus a rest advantage. Montreal been off several days and here's Detroit. They had to play Saturday. They had to play Sunday and they had to play again last night, three and four days. So I think Detroit kind of ran out of gas and that's why I said yesterday on the show, it feels like Montreal's live in that game. Uh, and sure enough, they did uh, get the job done against Detroit. Now it's back-to-back for them as well. Probably we'll see Sam Montembeau uh, in net. We haven't seen a goalie confirmed on either side here, but it looks like it'll be Montembeau and Demko, you would think, uh, in this matchup. Um, so I look at this one as probably an over again. That, that would be the way I would bet it here is the uh, over six and a half. Once again with the Canucks. They're a team that I think offensively is quite capable. You see what they're doing right now of late, 5-5. Five, five. Uh, they had the one game against New Jersey. They got shut down, but then 8-3-6. I mean, they're scoring goals. They've gone over in five of their last uh, six games. Uh, I think you're probably going to see more of the same here tonight with these uh, two teams, especially on the back-to-back where you could see fatigue and sloppiness creep into the equation which often happens when you're playing back to back so uh, i would look over six and a half here and this is a game i like quite a bit of props here actually two props on each side pearson plus 330 up to the top line for vancouver tanner pearson andre kuzmenko at plus 300 i'm still surprised you can get him 300 or better to score a goal the way he started the season for the uh, canucks kirby doc we keep going back to him top line for montreal plus 400 and Mike Hoffman, streaky goal scorer. I took him last night against Detroit as a goal scorer prop. He got on the board not once but twice. Streaky, that's what he is. When he starts to put the puck in the net, it can sometimes last for a few games. So Mike Hoffman for Montreal, plus 340, thought worth a look as well. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like here, Vancouver, Montreal? I love this first period over. I bet this this morning. Over two at plus 115 at Ben Online. Now we've seen it drop to 108. Uh, I've seen some 105s. Uh, so that number is slowly coming down. If, if you can't get that two at a plus price, uh, I would recommend just waiting to grab a one and a half in game at a cheaper price. But uh, Vancouver 12 and one to the over in the first period so far this year. And keep in mind now, Chris Otto, he does a tremendous job of those, cho- those totals. Those are aligned at one and a half. But when you look, go through and you see these twos with Vancouver, they've been sailing over those as well. We've been seeing three and four and five goals in the first period with the Canucks. We saw three, uh, in the game against Ottawa uh, last night. So I definitely feel this could be one of those spots. Said, second night of back-to-backs, even though they went with Martin last night, could be some sloppiness and fatigue. The, and you can't trust them, like I said, to, to really string together wins. They've been alternating wins and losses over the last five games. Uh, Montreal's been a, a tough team. They've taken two of their last three opponents to overtime. Three of the last six meetings between these two teams have gone to overtime or shootout with another one of those games being uh, decided by one goal. Might want to lean with the draw here around plus 360, plus 365. It's not as strong of a play for me as the first period over, but that's a look I would probably take too. If Vancouver does come out a little bit sloppy, Montreal gets the offense rolling early, then maybe Vancouver can bounce back late and take this one past 60 minutes. All right. Yes, indeed. Uh, definitely. Uh, I think all of us liking goals here, especially early, like in the uh, over in the uh, first period here with uh, Vancouver uh, and Montreal. Uh, forgot to mention with the Carolina-Florida game, we do have goalies confirmed there. Anti-Ranta uh, for Carolina, which is not uh, unexpected. Uh, they want to be uh, careful with Freddie, you know, anytime this team has a, a back-to-back uh, situation. And, of course, they uh, play uh, once again tomorrow night at home against Edmonton. So they're saving uh, Freddie Anderson for that game. And it will be Spencer Knight 
uh, in net for the uh, Florida Panthers. I'm telling you what, if I'm Paul Maurice, you keep trying to play that kid more and more and more because to me, goalie Bob is just up one day, down the next. You know, that's often what we see from him. All right, this game is fascinating, and it's on TNT, uh, TNT doubleheader, back-to-back nights with a TNT doubleheader. They had a rare Tuesday night NHL on TNT doubleheader last night because there was no NBA, so they had to fill the gap. You know, election night, they, they had no NBA on the schedule, and TNT stepped in and said, you know what, this is normally an NBA night for us. We're going to put an NHL night on instead. Good job by them. Yeah, great job by, by Turner Sports. They always do tremendous work. And, of course, the the uh, the, the TNT broadcast guys, they were a lot of fun last night too. So nice to see that happening. And ESPN, can you please free ESPN too? There's no reason for us to watch a UFC fight from eight months ago. They could have easily put that Wild and Kings game that was on ESPN Plus last night uh, on the deuce. I have no no idea what that channel is even for nowadays, to be honest. It's, yeah, we're, it's crazy. It's, I agree. I know they want to – They look, ESPN wants the people to subscribe to – they want the money. They want to suck the money out from everybody and subscribe to ESPN+. Plus and we want to put all this shit on ESPN+. Plus and yeah. Of course, you'd have to watch it there, but that is ridiculous. I mean, that is ridiculous. Yeah. you got ESPN2, perfectly great network. Most people get it, and you've got some UFC fight from seven years ago on or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. And I, and I get it. They dumped a lot of money into the UFC. They got they have obligations to fill, too. But when you have all these spillover channels, ESPNU, ESPN News, which uh, that's a whole different thing. I won't even go into that. But uh, it's just like, you know, just utilize the, net, the networks you have. And we're still going to subscribe. We all want to watch all the games. We're still going to subscribe to this, whatever they're calling now, Power Play on ESPN+. Plus. But just, you know, it would have been nice to have had three games on network television, like I said, especially when people are trying to get away from election coverage here in the States. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, and by the way, you're right about the studio show. I mean, I, I've, it, they're always good. They were really good last night. There's lots yeah. of uh, hilarity, great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they're just shooting the shit at the bar. It's what you yeah. want. Uh, in a pre-game, post-game intermission studio show. Fantastic. And, and I love Gretzky, but I think this is the best combo they had last night with uh, Biz, uh, Anson Carter. Biz, Anson, Tockett, and Liam. Liam and Liam. Liam's and actually Liam. very good as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah the four, I think the four of them, that's the closest dynamic you'll get to inside the NBA. Yeah. Like, like that's almost kind of the, the counterpoint. Gretzky kind of adds a little different a dynamic, and he's, he's good in certain spots. But I think that's the real core they should go with on a weekly basis. Those those four guys really did a good, do a good job together. Yeah. Gretzky gets the big bucks just to parachute into the NHL and TNT uh, studio right. show whatever <laughs> weeks he wants to show up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's basically yeah. what the kind of schedule they've got him on. Yeah, when he's not doing uh, weird, lame bed MGM commercials, we'll, uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll get him on TNT when it was freed up or he's not golfing somewhere. But uh, nevertheless, uh, we're coloring his hair. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, this is TNT game, and this is fascinating uh, because you got a team that can't score right now versus a team that can't defend right now. So, what is going to win out in this matchup here? You got Minnesota versus Anaheim. Minnesota minus one fifty road favorite, six and a half the total. I'm going to lean with the team that is struggling to score versus the team that's struggling to defend. Doesn't this have to be a night for Minnesota? I mean, and and look, I hate to be turning my back a little bit on this Anaheim Ducks team that I really like coming into the season, but it's hard to really like anything you're seeing defensively from this team at the very least. I mean, actually, offensively, they haven't been that bad, uh, the Anaheim Ducks. I actually like what I'm seeing uh, from them. I've been able to capitalize on some undervalued players in terms of goal props lately for the Anaheim Ducks. But, you know, I got to think after back-to-back shutout losses, and that's that's really – 
uh, hard to believe that Minnesota, with what they're capable of doing, gets shut out by Seattle at home and L.A. on the road uh, in back-to-back games. But that's the way it's been. And what's happened to the you know ability to generate? And that's the key problem, too. It's not like, wow, they got shut out in back-to-back games and they peppered the goalie with shots and had these great, great, great chances and the goalie had to stand on his head. No, they barely cracked 20 shots on goal in each of the last two games while getting shut out. So the generation of great offense and chances and uh, opportunities has become a problem here in these last two games. But that could change in a hurry, Alex, against Anaheim, because you look at what's happening here. I mean, they're giving up 40 shots a night, 50 shot, 52 shots in the one game against San Jose. I mean, and Dallas Aikens hasn't done anything to fix it, you know, and, and it's just the same old uh, giving up way too much, giving up the blue line too easily. Uh, and just giving up the slot area in the front of the net. I mean, the quality of looks that Anaheim gives up, you've got to think right now, uh, this is the night for Minnesota. And the, I, I was on the fence initially about trusting Minnesota here tonight, and they've still got a few injuries. Hartman, Duhame, and Marcus Felino still banged up for them. But then I looked and I said, I want to see what this team's done in terms of back-to-back situations. They've been very good on back-to-back spots, Minnesota, 6-0. and the last six tries for them on the second night of back-to-back games. So with no day's rest, back-to-back situation, they've won six straight. They're off that loss last night. Uh, and you look at the series history, and you've got absolute dominance here for the Minnesota Wild over the Anaheim Ducks. Four straight, 11 of the last 12 meetings, Minnesota has been victorious over Anaheim. That's pretty lopsided when you're talking 11 of the last 12 Minnesota has beaten Anaheim so that's going to have me on Minnesota here I was able to lay a buck 45 bookmaker had it at that price uh, I decided I'd go with that I mean if you want extra value you can go regulation but I, I I still think this could be a close game so I'd rather have the security of maybe this game goes to overtime and Minnesota wins it beyond regulation in my back pocket so I'm going to go with Minnesota here minus 145 and I'm going to go with the over here because I've been betting overs with Anaheim Every single game, I've had them multiple times as best bets with these Anaheim games for the show over the total. The Florida-Anaheim game on Sunday was a best bet show winner for me over the total. I think the San Jose game before that was another best bet over for me on the show. Five straight overs for this team. Uh, They cannot defend a lick. They've given up five, four, eight, five. I mean, it's ugly what we're seeing from the Anaheim Ducks. So uh, I'm going to go over six and a half here as well. And I think we can get the Ducks maybe to chip in some offense too, because I don't trust Philip Gustafson fully. And he is, of course, going to be in net for the uh, Minnesota Wild tonight, confirmed on the back-to-back. 0-3, 3.92 goals against average, 878 save percentage. His numbers this year. So that's the trepidation of laying a price with Minnesota. But I think they dig in and find a way in a high-scoring game tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Minnesota-Anaheim. Well, yeah, great call on on looking at the you know money line just overall instead of regulation because I feel like this could be one of those games that's a risk of sounding like a broken record. You can make a case for the draw for all four games tonight, uh, and you look with this team, these two teams, three of the last five have gone to overtime. One of those two that didn't was a two to one game. Like you said, Anaheim's having a tough time defending. Minnesota's having a tough time scoring. So it's you know which which wall comes down first. Philip Gustafson and that is someone I don't trust uh, one bit. So that's the the one caveat to looking at any kind of side here. But Kirill Kaprizov playing tonight, like you talked about with the match penalty that really shouldn't have been given out. I'm sure he feels some kind of uh, 
some kind of way about about that call and, and, and you know he didn't want to let his team down of course you know putting them in that spot and seeing the fact that they lost by one goal uh you know his absence really you know more than likely loomed high on that because he's the guy who could change the game at any point. I think we see him get on the board tonight. I like him to score a goal at plus 120. I know that's not a whole lot of value, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play that in with a half unit, and I'm also going to play another half unit on him to score the first goal of the game at 10 to 1. You can find that in DraftKings. Uh, I, I think he wants to kind of dictate the pace and tempo. That This team wants to dictate the pace and tempo early, and that will be great for him to kind of just you know let go of what happened last night, get on the board, Finally break this now. It's been a 120-minute game, uh, scoreless streak for the Wild, and, and get them going in the right direction. So that's the only play I have here, just a split between Kaprizov, anytime goal, and first goal. There you go. Kaprizov, anytime goal, and first goal of the game. Uh, Terry Edelman approves in our chat. Shocking. Uh, I'm sure he, he does. Likes, <laughs> he likes the direction you're going in there with the uh, Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Uh, goal props, uh, not only the anytime goal to score a goal, but the uh, extra bang for your buck, if you will, the bargain bin option, uh, if you will, with him to score the first goal uh, of the game uh, as well for uh, Alex in this one. And uh, there are some props I like, and of course I'm going to get to those right now uh, for this game because I do think we'll see goals both ways. These are small because I, I just feel like for Minnesota, there's incredible opportunity for some of these guys like a Jordan Greenway who's now up on the second line uh, even Boldy, I got a plus 260 in some spots. He's worth a look. But even these other guys that are on the third line, Do Connor Dewar, uh, Marco Ro Rossi, Mason Shaw, you know, you're talking, you know, these and Mason Shaw, we know, has found the back of the net already. This could be the night where an explosion happens, potentially, for Minnesota. They either are going to struggle again and get held to zero or one because they're just in such a rut offensively, or they're going to explode against this Civ defense uh, of the Anaheim Ducks. So that's why I think a little sprinkle tonight on those guys, DeWar, Rossi, uh, Mason Shaw, have already cashed a big plus price on him previously to score a goal. I think maybe worth a look on those three tonight as well for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, it looks like Terry is uh, promoting uh, someone to Adam Beckman here uh, for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, I, I'm trying to see if I saw his uh, price yet uh, listed. I'm yeah, just he might not be available everywhere. He may not be. Uh, we'll have to uh, wait and see on that. But uh, we'll have to see also if he plays because I don't know. They got recalled, uh, but I don't know if they're going to put him in tonight. As of, yeah. so a lot of sites don't have him in. They have him as a scratch tonight. So that's another thing. And you probably won't see uh, anything uh, uh, on him here. So uh, let me just uh, – double check on that but either way uh we'll see if he, he's i gotta get confirmation he plays first before we go uh, in that direction so yeah i'm gonna take a shot with me you're right about that gustafson is a worry yeah russo from the minnesota wild who follows that team says he's supposed to play so there you go there's an option if he does play i think it's a sprinkle plus 575 i always like that situation guy uh joins the team in the lineup for the first time he wants to make an impact so there you go plus 570 at FanDuel. adam beckman so Let's get that 100% confirmation, although Russo, who covers the uh, Wild very well, uh, is pretty sure he's going to be in the lineup. So that could be your uh, buy sign, your green light, maybe to look toward Beckman here as a yeah, big maybe. value goal take, score prop. Take a little beer money and, and parlay that Caprizov first goal with the Beckman anytime goal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And yeah, yeah small bets. I mean, small amount. All my goal score prop bets are small bets. I mean, yeah. uh, then they have to be because you're not you're going to have a night where you like last night I only hit like four or five and I had like 20. 
So, you know, and that's the way it is. You're going to have those cold nights. We got a couple. We had uh, Nick Waugh for Vegas. Wade Allison from Philly scored. Uh, we had a couple others as well that uh, found the uh, back of the net. But, yeah, it's not going to hit every night, with especially at these big pr plus prices with the bargain bin selection. So you definitely have to keep it to smaller amounts. Yeah, definitely. There you go. That's the Minnesota-Anaheim game, and that's the Wednesday card uh, here for this edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, hit the like button, everyone watching on YouTube. Reminder, check out patreon.com slash iceguys. $10 a month, great bonus content there, including the daily card uh, for the show from Alex and I. Our plays posted there each and every day, uh, patreon.com slash iceguys. So make sure you check that out. And uh, programming note that Jimmy Murphy, who we've got lined up to join us mostly on Fridays, uh, this season, we're going to switch his day to Thursday this week. So he'll be on tomorrow uh, instead uh, with us. And he'll be on around 2.30 midstream. So uh, he'll be on uh, midway through the show and help us break down what will be a massive Thursday card. I'm sure we'll get his thoughts on the whole Mitchell uh, Miller uh, situation that yeah. uh, unfolded with Boston. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts about that. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I'm, I'm interested to hear what he has to say on that. No doubt. So uh, Jimmy Murphy with us tomorrow uh, on the Ice Guys show. Looking forward to that and looking forward to best bets and hopefully cashing them uh, for this Wednesday card. Alex, what do you like for best bet? We're going to go with Vancouver and Montreal. That first period over, like I said, you should be able to grab, uh, still grab something in the range of plus 108 to plus 110, going over two goals in the first period, 12 and one uh, to the over. Uh, and four of those 12, there have been two or more goals scored uh, for the Vancouver Canucks. So this is definitely just a trend we're going to keep on riding. If they're giving us this get plus value, we'll go uh, with the Habs and Canucks. First period over two plus 110 is my best bet. All right, there we go. Habs, Canucks over two uh, in the first period. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith in this one. Uh, my best bet, mostly my best bets have been totals on the show, and we've done pretty well with most of them. But uh, I'm going to change it up. Uh, I want to see if I can get this. The sides have been more hit or miss when I've used them for best bets. But I'm going to go with a side tonight uh, in the NHL for my best bet. I'm going to go Carolina, uh, minus 110 against Florida. Again, uh, a team off a loss two days off after losing to Toronto. Florida off the long road trip back home for that first game. Tricky spot. No Matthew Kachuk. No Aaron Eckblad still for Florida. And I think Carolina takes advantage of it with the victory tonight. Uh, against Florida, Carolina Hurricanes minus 110 uh, against Florida for my best bet uh, for this Wednesday card. And again, TNT doubleheader once again tonight, Pittsburgh, Washington, followed by Minnesota, Anaheim. So nice night of hockey for only four games, but they're all intriguing games. Looking forward yeah. to how they all uh, play out. Uh, good stuff indeed. Thanks to everyone for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex P. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. On Thursday, joined by Jimmy Murphy for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now.